had some extra Witcher stuff to stare at. <laughs> I mean, it it just draws you in. It really does. One of them kind of looks like a stun, but with a scar. Okay. No one thinks like a stun. No one drinks like a stun. No one. Da, da, da. I don't know the song. No, I don't know it either. But, <laughs> um. Um, so enough about Witcher and Gaston, um, I guess. Yeah, fine. (laughs) Welcome everyone, um, back to, uh, another episode of, uh, you said 100 miles? Uh, I, I am uh, your host, Bob, uh, joining me as always, a lovely sass. Hello, hello. Um... And so this is uh, our first episode after Tunnel Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and by now, uh, you've probably read the title uh, of this episode and you are uh, aware that I did not finish uh, the dreaded DNF. Um, and so just to, just to get that out of the way, right from starting. Spoiler it's, alert. That's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> This is, this is an annoying thing with podcast titles, right? Because like you, you want to give a description of what you're going to talk about, but you're kind of, you know, you're boxed it, in a little bit. A little bit, what you can say, right? So, but um, so yeah, uh, uh that that will probably be the uh centerpiece of our conversation. <laughs> it's like the it's like you've had all the sides. You're almost full on potatoes, but then the turkey comes out. So <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> oh, turkey. Um, I prefer ham. Ham is good. I love. I like a good ham sandwich. I really only like turkey on Thanksgiving. Any other time of the year, I'm like, I'm good. But every Thanksgiving, I'm like, bring that turkey out. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, so Bob, do you want to do? You, how do you want to? How do you want to do this? You want to? Do you just want to talk about Tunnel Hill? You want to just kick it all off and dive right into the into the centerpiece as we just described it? Uh, yeah. I mean, T- tell me, tell me about Tunnel Hill. Tell me how. Yeah. Tell me how it all went. Tell me how it went down. Tell me what you think. You know, led you to the decisions you made. Go. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think the way the way this whole story is going to go is kind of revolves around a a just an awful lot of things working against me going into the race okay and and that if you're going to finish a hundred mile race you need things to mostly go your way um you know there are some people out there who are just such ridiculous human beings that they can push through anything and finish um but it it just you know it really it really wasn't my day and it it all come it it really starts with a like the the monday the week before the race okay so not quite two weeks before the race i got sick um and I got knocked down pretty hard. Um uh, this is, this wasn't COVID, right? This was just like a really bad flu. It was flu. Maybe it was RSV. I don't mm. know. I didn't get tested. Um but it it I I did check for COVID. 
I did like I did do a couple of the the rapid tests. Not that they're really super accurate, but um, and I never popped for COVID. But you know, Izzy had brought something home from school. She had just started preschool, and immediately <laughs> brought home plague. Oh yeah, no, you the anytime a little kid goes starts school or daycare, it's all going downhill from here. Yeah, just like week two, and it's like okay. Um, so she came home sick, and then Erica got sick, and then you know it was my turn, and uh, I I was just so so unbelievably knocked down by it um and like to give you context of it um the week before tunnel hill i ran a grand total of 11 miles okay okay um the week before that i ran 46 well you're okay so usually when i when when you're training for a race you're supposed to the week before anyway really go down on the number of miles but like were you supposed to go that low or no i should couldn't go go further than i should have been around 30 miles okay that week um like in in the days leading because yeah it's called a taper Mm -hmm. um and so i i you know i had my my last long run um or true really long run which was uh last outstanding and then I did a 20-mile run the next week, and then it was that Monday where I just got hit hard mm-hmm. by being sick. And so I should have had, you know, I should have still mostly run normal, um, just not really ran, you know, super hard. Just You cut your miles. You just taper. You know, it's not, you're not necessarily supposed to, like, completely cut off your miles, um, and there's, there's a lot of interesting takes on tapering for ultras versus marathons. Marathon tapers are pretty much, are very precise. And a lot of that's because there's just been a lot of research mm-hmm. into marathoning and a lot of data that supports follow this plan. Do not deviate, um, until you've got enough experience to know but in ultras there's not a whole lot of research not a lot of data yet um and it's a different kind of running um so a lot of ultra runners won't won't taper nearly as much as marathoners will relative to what they're going to do right um so it's but so I, i you know i did I did plan to still do mostly a a marathon s taper um you know just dialed up a little higher which so when uh so that week I was down like I, I ran almost no miles I was just completely wasted um and just could barely move mm-hmm. that whole week um couldn't breathe, wasn't sleeping at all, and the lack of sleep carried into race week. Okay. And I I had maybe one decent night of sleep before I went down to Vienna 
I'm constantly frustrated at how correct everybody was about how much sleep you really need and what it can do, both just in your general life and especially if you're planning for something big. Like, I always wanted that to be a lie, but unfortunately, sleep is really very important in, so in important. just about anything. I've, I, I mean, I've, I've been struggling to sleep the last two weeks. Um, in general, I mean, honestly, I've been struggling to sleep for a while. Um, and it kind of goes back to when I first got sick with what is now, what, five weeks ago. Um, and like, I'm just so like my, my level of stress and anxiety is really high right now. And, you know, of course coincides with, uh, you know, really big launches at work. And it's just like, I, I had that feeling all day of like, Oh my God, I just, I need something to stop. I need something to let up. And, um, and then, you know, and so I was dealing with that on race week Mm -hmm. with no sleep. And, um, so I got up, uh, you know, you know, and everyone knew I was going to race and I had taken the time off work and like, that wasn't, you know, so that was all set up, but, um, you know, even still though stuff at work was, you know, we were having some problems with the project and like the morning I was supposed to leave for Vienna, uh, I was, uh, still like, I, I ended up leaving for the race later than I wanted to because I was on work calls in the morning. And so I wanted to get out in time to make it down there in the sunlight. And I didn't end up getting down there till well after dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, and that in and of itself wasn't necessarily bad, but I was, it was just a, like rushing the whole time. Um, and like, I, like one thing, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I did. I didn't give myself enough time to like pack all my gear, get my get my um, uh, get my drop bags squared away, and all that other stuff. And I thought, you know, I I had enough time. I thought I had put enough time in the schedule for it, but what I hadn't counted on was work blowing up. And sure. Yeah. What you know, and the lesson I'm I've learned from that is, you know, when I do it, when I go for my next attempt, it's like, okay, you've got to take off an extra day beforehand, because if work blows up, you need it to affect the extra day, not the day right before. Um, so basically, you've had like two weeks where you're not really sleeping. Your body has been beat up for being sick. Work went crazy. You've had a lot of stress and anxiety, and then you finally get down there, kind of in a a rush, basically in a panic. Yeah. Without a lot of time to kind of get yourself together, how was it on the actual? You got down there and like you woke up the next day and you were ready to go, or like it was that day you had to run. No, no, it wasn't that day. So like I, so I get down there, and just a like to paint a further picture of this is like. I forgot my winter jacket up here. Oh, God. What? No. And, like, it snowed that day. 
Uh, of course it did. You know, uh, that's it knew there, it was waiting for you there, to forget your jacket. There were there there was there was snow on the ground the morning of the race. Um, and actually like driving to the race in the morning, I drove through whiteout conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it was just ridiculous. But you know, I so I, but I got down there it was fine. But um, so I I forgot my winter jacket. I got down there. I got. I went to pack a pickup, and um, they had uh, a guest speaker, um, Camille Heron, who is uh, one of the best runners in the world. Okay, that's cool. Um, and she, so she was. She had planned to make an attempt at the fifty-mile world record um on saturday because it's a hundred mile or 50 mile race what's the 50 mile w- world record do you know i don't know off the top okay, of my head no worries but she holds the 100 mile world record good god um it's like 12 hours something oh my god <laughs> she is amazing that really nice person um so her husband connor did a presentation and okay. then they did a meet and greet with her so i stayed for the meet and greet and got my picture with her. She signed my. Oh, that's cool. She signed my Hoka hat. Nice. Because uh, she runs for Hoka. <laughs> nice. And um, she call her for like Wonder Woman three or something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so that was nice. And then um, you know, I left there and um, headed to the park. Well, later. Like at some point between that and when I was when I was leaving the park, and I'll get to the park in a minute. Um, I, the race director was trying to get a hold of me because I left my bib at okay. the meet and greet. Oh boy! Because I took my picture with her, and I, I was like holding my bib, and so I, I left my bib there. So, like, another mistake. Um. And then I I'd come up with this plan that I was going to set up my tent in the park, um, but because in you know I've camped at races before and I don't I, I like it actually it's nice to be at the start line you don't have anywhere to go, um, but it was gonna be cold so my plan was I'm gonna set up my tent mm-hmm. stake it down put a mat put a sleeping bag and my mat down, and then. I will go stay at the hotel for the night, but that way, when I'm done with the race on Sunday, I I, I have somewhere I can just fall over. Yeah, no, smart. Okay. Um, but I, and, you know, I don't want to try and do that in the morning on Saturday. Sure. So I I go over to the park, set up, you know, get everything going, and then I have the tent like up, and my tent is unreasonably large. Okay. It's an eight person tent. Okay. That I got specifically uh, for camping at the start line because it's tall enough I can stand in it. Nice. I don't have to fumble around. Sure, and you're putting stuff on and you're you know falling over on one foot. I get it. Right. So it was you know it's it's nice tent and Mark Zuckerberg paid for it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) True story. Um. So I, I had it all set up and I couldn't find the stakes. Oh no! Oh, Bob, this is like this is a little bit of a comedy of errors. Like this just and, sucks. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going nuts. I'm like, it's under. It's got to be. It's got to be here. And 
Um, I couldn't find it. I ultimately took the tent down, rolled it back up. After I'd rolled the tent up, I found the stakes. Oh, no. And I'm oh, like, God. you know what? Of Fuck course it. you did. Fuck it. I'm just going to the hotel. Okay. Uh, go to the hotel, get checked in. Um, there was a Target real close. I stopped and, and picked up a couple of supplies. Um, and then I went back to the hotel room and I just started putting my drop bags together. Um, and I, I've gotten like pretty good at like, I've got a couple of bins for, you know, all my junk mm-hmm. to take with me. And so like I was able to pack up the par- car really quickly and go, but I sh- like, it took me a long time to get my drop bag set and to tape my feet. And so I didn't get to bed till later than I wanted. Not that I slept well anyway. I don't I don't worry too much about the night before a race because my anxiety's high. I've never in my life slept well before a race. Never once. I've tried no. to go to bed early. I've tried like magnesium, yep. calming tea, nope. nothing. I will inevitably get very little sleep the night before any kind of race. Right. So it's and and a lot of people are the same way. So it's like they always say make sure you get good sleep in the 2 weeks before the race. Mhm. Hmm. Uh, uh, so things are not stacking up well. Yeah. So I was, you know, I wasn't too worried about that. I'm just like, okay, it is what it is. Um, and interestingly, I slept better than I expected to. Um, probably just because I was so ex- exhausted. But get up early. Uh, you know, race starts at 7 a.m. Um, and you know, I was 30 minutes away, so I got up. Um, and look out, and it's like blizzard outside. Of course, and I'm in my little Honda Civic with not great uh traction. And I'm like, oh my god! So drive slowly down the highway till I get to the park and uh, get parked. Go find a race director, um, and humiliatedly, you know, ask him for my bib. Um, and then, you know, do the last little prep at my car and head to the start line. Okay. And at that point in time, I actually felt pretty good. Okay. Uh, That's good. You know, I was, I was having, um, I was, I was actually fairly okay with how the, you know, the morning had gone and, uh, you know, so get lined up, you know, good size field of people mm-hmm. so the way they start you off is you you run around the uh, parking lot of the park it's a big loop and then you head to the trail um and part of it's to try and disperse people but the parking lot's like covered in ice okay um, it's like so you're and there's so many people so you're not really running running <laughs> if you can or you're like uh, sliding yeah um but you know, and then we get over to the trail, and we um, we get going. The trail at first is a little, it's pretty wet, and you know, there was a not like it wasn't a lot of snow, but there was enough snow. Um, and so the first couple miles was a little sketch, but then it dried out um, later in the day, so that was fine. But the what was interesting was the conditions were so crappy um, at the start that Camille just scrubbed her attempt at the fifty miles. She's like, "There, 
I'm going to be slipping and sliding too mm-hmm. much. So, um, so race is underway. Um, I had my, my plan was to run a half mile, walk a half mile. Okay. And, uh, this was that strategy. Um, I kind of got from after the last dot standing. And I think we talked about this on the last podcast, but it was more or less that I had been doing a different interval that was, um, you know, switching it up more often. Okay. And I felt that, you know, after last thought standing that what I was seeing is my rest periods, I wasn't resting long enough to really bring my heart rate down to where I wanted it to be. And I was fumbling around too much. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this half mile run, half mile walk. I did do my 20 miler, um, two weeks before I practiced that strategy and it seemed to work out pretty well. So, um, you know, it wasn't completely untested. Um, I probably would have preferred to have had a little bit more experience with it, but I knew that the, the, the pacing plan that I was doing at last stop wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, I need to try something. So <clears throat> I, you know, I, I, I went out at that pacing and it seemed to be going well for most of, most of the, um, I warmed up pretty quick. Um, you know, even though it was cold, it was it really wasn't an issue and, um, got through the first aid station just fine. Um, got down to the second aid station, uh, on the way to the second aid station, um, there was this guy who was running by me who, um, he was running, he was running a fairly, he was basically running the same overall pace, but just with a different interval. And we chatted for a little bit. Um, and, uh, it was, it was like, it was kind of a weird situation because, you know, the, the deal with Tunnel Hill is it's an out, back, out, back. Okay. So, um, how many times do you go out and back? So it's a 25 mile stretch. Okay. So you got to do it four times, but you start in the middle. Oh, okay. So okay. it's like out back. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. So you cross the start finish line like five times. I see. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, so, but, so you've got people going both ways. Okay. So by the time we, you know, the front runners are coming back at us, which is cool. Cause like you get to see the front runners again later in the race. Um, and, um, by the time they were coming the other way, like this guy was standing next to me and like, he wouldn't move out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like he's on, I, I like, I always stay firmly to the right. Okay. And he was riding on the left and like, they're blazing and like he wouldn't like move like you're gonna get run down my dude move <laughs> and like i'm and he's an older guy okay and i'm like just move out of the way. like i even like one or two times like I, I sped up to like make sure he had room and yeah no he's just like nah i'm, I'm here they can run around me <laughs> it's just like this is obnoxious but um so get to the second aid station fine get to the so the the first turnaround um there not an aid station but there's like this nature center so okay. they had an indoor bathroom 
um, which was kind of nice to go inside for like, oh, two minutes. I, oh my god, an indoor bathroom! Like it's a it's it's a luxury. Oh yeah. Um, so went inside. I peed and it's on my way back out. And um, <sighs> so like when 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 during all of this, you start kind of going like, oh, something's wrong. What's up? So that's where we're at. Is is so between the the second aid station, the turnaround is about two miles. Okay. Um, so I get the two miles back to the aid station, and there was another mistake I made, which was I did not put my my salt pills in my vest mm-hmm. um, from start finish, and. That, so I knew I had them in my drop bag. Like I planned my drop bag so that they would have salt pills in them. And, um, but I wanted some on my vest cause I, I sweat a lot and I sweat salty. So I need like, even in cold, I need those salt pills for long runs. And, uh, so I just forgot them. So at like the first aid station, I just tried to eat as much salt as I could. Okay. Um, and just like a lot of potato chips, like anything you can get in. Yeah, I or think I ate literally just ate pickles. Yeah. No, um, good. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then when I got to the second aid station where my drop bag was, I forgot to grab my salt pills. Ah, oh, Bob. <laughs> so then I did the four mile loop, and then I finally grabbed my salt pills. Um, but by that point, damage done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, that was kind of like, right as I was leaving there was kind of like my first low of the race where I was just like mentally losing it. And, um, and I, you know, it was interesting because, like, I took my salt pills. It's I, I just was, you know, making sure I was getting my hydration in. So it, was, it wasn't like a certain, like, your knee wasn't starting to freak out your ankle or anything like that. Like, you were just starting to kind of feel overall sort of, uh, like, maybe exhausted or something like that? Or yeah. something you was just like, this is just, we're hitting a wall. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's, that's like a, uh, I mean, that's a feeling most long-distance runners um, can really have experience at some point. What's, you know, if you're a marathoner and you hit that, like you're, you're done for like, um, cause there's not enough time to recover. You're, you're, you know, most marathoners are going to hit the wall sometime between mile 18 and mile 23. Do they know why people hit the wall? Is it a mental thing? Is it it's just physical? Like your your body has kind of reached its limit and it's going like, okay, we're done now. Or if you catch it early enough, is it like a, you need a salt pill? You need to eat something, kind of a thing. Um, people hit the people hit the wall. I'll say in marathoning, mm-hmm. people hit the wall because they just go harder than their fitness. Okay. Um and uh. And a combination, a combination of they're growing harder than their fitness, and you know they're not e- taking gels or they're okay. not doing replenishing. So, um, but uh, and, and the same is true in ultras. Um, but I think you know the nutrition is so much more important in ultras because mm-hmm. you you just need 
more calories. You know, if you're if you're a fast marathoner and you're running three hours or less, um, the amount of you can go hard for much longer because like you have, you know, you're starting to work on talk about like balancing your glycogen reserves and this, that, and the other. And like, you can optimize it. A lot of science there. Um, but with ultras, you're going to be out there for so long. You are going to be so far past what you could possibly uh, balance like that. You need you, one billion percent need lots of nutrition in the form of lots of calories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you're going to need salt because you're going to sweat and deplete stuff. Um, so what when you're when you're running ultras, you're trying to one reduce the amount of sweating you're doing because you can only reabsorb so much fluid. Yeah. Um, so if you can't if you sweat too much. Um, you're going to have a problem. Um, and I ran into that at Christmas in July, which was just a billion degrees. And there was, yeah, I mean, I, I would have sweat myself to uh, dehydration just sitting there. <laughs> but <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I mean, that, and, and so like it, when you're in an ultra and you're you're not going as hard, mm-hmm. like it kind of the, the onset of it is a little different and but it, it carries with you but you also have time to fix it okay so one of the things um one of the the big pieces of advice is if you're ever not feeling right slow down walk for a while and eat something and you will feel better mm-hmm. and that is a thousand percent true you know and it's just i had a little stretch where i was just taking it very slow i was just eating putting as much in my face hole as i could <laughs> and um, moving forward, um, all along this while, I'm also noticing that like, I was not as good with my, um, hydration as I should have been. I wasn't drinking as much. I wasn't super far off, but I know I could have been taking more in, um, than I was. And that wasn't like, some people just have trouble like stomaching it. And I think for me, it was more of a, um, just mental thing of like, I was just, I didn't have the focus to remember like, yeah, every time I slow to a walk, water, like Gatorade in mouth hole, do it. <laughs> um, like I should not have been getting to um, those aid stations with anything left in my, uh, my, my soft flasks. Okay. Um, and I was not a ton, Um, but I was, so I, I noticed that early on, early enough on, I was able to fix that, but I did, you know, it did contribute to going through like one of my first lows. Um, and then the, uh, what I struggled with a little more was (laughs) on the way back to start finish. Um, when most, when, when I had. Um, it probably around mile like 18, 20, way too early in the race. I, I hit like this just rough mental low again. Um, and it was really mostly just like, okay, now I'm out here on the trail all by myself. I'm not really seeing anyone. Okay. It's cold. I'm hurting. 
and like this is when the physical pain started to okay. to manifest and like um you know and i heard plenty of stories of racers who hit these lows early and you know it sucks but they you know you push through it um and i was it was frustrated though because it's like i this is so early to be hurting the way that i am like i know i'm going to hurt today I was really not expecting it till much later. So, uh, you know, I kept, I just kept trucking though. Um, and most, for the most part, I got to halfway point. Okay. Mm-hmm. In fact, Camille came out on the trail Aww. for, uh, I guess she just went on a training run and, uh, she gave me a fist bump. Nice. It was, it was a good time. Um, you haven't washed that hand since, have you? <laughs> just asking. Just asking. <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> um, got back to start finish. I had like this big cup of broth that was amazing. Okay. <laughs> um, it's always funny what what food suddenly tastes like the most amazing thing you've ever had. Yeah. It was amazing, and like at the one aid station, I just had a big cup of ramen and. Mm-hmm. Like, one aid station had a hot dog. Oh, nice. I, yeah, I mean, uh, ultra food is like... Yeah, <laughs> to get it in your the mouth. The best stuff. It's the worst for you. It's absolutely the worst, but it's the best. They're not like, eat these carrot sticks and this ultra. And they're like, nope, here's a chili dog. Go forth. Go forth. So, um, so I get back to start finish and I head out um, toward the uh, toward the other end. And so, um, I get, so the, the first three miles goes by pretty fine. No real issues. Um, and you get to the first aid station and then you proceed up the hill. So it is called tunnel hill. Okay. Yeah. Now. Did you play running up that hill while you were running up that hill? No. Lost actually, opportunity. I know. I actually really didn't listen to music. At really? No. Okay, that fascinates me. I what, can't do what, that at all without music. So I, when I'm racing, I really don't like to have music on. Okay. Because I really like to be able to hear people around me. Okay, that's fair. Um, especially when like they're you know if they're trying to pass me or well, especially if it sounds like there are so many people that yeah. you want to make sure you're I'm, not gonna by, be run over by that point in the race i could have easily yeah. been listening to music because you know it's mostly like when you're in the crowd and people are there's rapid passing and sure um but, but you know by that point in the race like we had dispersed sufficiently it would have been it would have been fine but um you know i was still playing leapfrog with some people so it was nice um uh, which is which is a fun game because everyone's doing some manner of walk run interval except for the really really fast people, <laughs> um, and so depending on your interval, you just end up playing leapfrog with people for hours. <laughs> so we so you start up the hill, and it's a very gentle hill. Okay, it really is. It's like a two percent grade. Okay, not bad. No, it's seven miles long. Okay, there we, there it is. And it's like you know, if you if you think about it, like even though it's seven miles and it's uphill that whole way, like it's still not bad. It's not bad, but anything like 
with that amount of distance, at some point your brain is kind of going like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just like enough of an incline that like you don't want to really run because your heart rate's going to jump, or at least mine does. Um, so like the intervals are a little hard and it just, it just wore on. And like, I knew it was going to come, but I just, I wasn't, I don't feel like I was really mentally prepared for just it, like, it just kept going. Mm-hmm. And there's supposed, there's an aid station said with the biggest air quotes ah. ever, um, between there and the next real aid station. Okay. But by aid station, I mean, there's a bridge and they put a couple boxes with gallons of water in there. And that's it. Okay. So, you know, aid stations are like, can be really great. Like just morale boosts and like, uh, there can be a lot of energy and it's not even just the food. It's just, you know, seeing people and having that. So like you, you go through there and there's like, there's just these gallons of water sitting on the bridge. Um, it's like, Oh, bummer. And so, and then you just keep continue uphill and you just keep going and going and going. So we get up to, and, and so I'm, what's weird is I'm, I'm at this point in the race. Um, if we, on the bridge, which is something trestle, like I'm really still not even that bad. Like I'm, I'm like wishing like that we're at the end of this hill, but I'm not wishing for death. <laughs> wishing and hoping and planning and dreaming. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we get, you know, we're getting up, we're getting close to the actual tunnel. And there was another group that was going by me and they wanted to get a picture in front of it. And, you know, I'd been leapfrogging with them for a while. I didn't really talk to them, but you know, I saw they were trying to take a picture. I'm like, listen, just I'll take the picture for you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care. I'm sure. not going to break any world records today. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I took a picture. Oh, can we take a picture of you? You know, you want a picture of you, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, sure. And so I gave him my phone. And I looked at the picture after the fact. And the the look on my face. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Just, it says just it says a lot um and is it this oh no hold on hold on i didn't scroll back far enough there it is okay okay you don't look too bad though you do look you look a little a little tired you got a you got you definitely got some some pinkness to the cheeks <laughs> <laughs> loving the the chicago flag socks that i'm looking at you do, you do kind of look like like well this is happening today <laughs> we're still going it's a i'm here <laughs> um yeah no i was i was less than thrilled at that point in time and the 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 actual tunnel like that picture makes it look short mm-hmm. it is not that short how long is the tunnel I don't know, but it was like you're running through it, and it is just a lot longer Ugh. than um, than you think it would be. Is it dark, dark <laughs> in there? Like, did you need like a headlamp, or is it like, nah, it's okay. You got some lighting. Um, they had glow sticks in there. Okay, 
Um, you could definitely go through it without a headlamp. Okay. Um, it's nicer with one. Mm, uh, it, okay. it is dark. So, um, but yeah, you can, you can get through it without it. I mean, you can see. So it's already cold but, and then you're going into a tunnel, which I'm sure is just delightful. Well, that was actually kind of fun. Okay. So that was kind of like a little pick me up. And then the next aid station is very close. Sure. Oh, um, good, good. Uh, after the tunnel. So I get up to that aid station and um, get some food. And then I head off to the turnaround. And this is where, this is about where things start really um, going very much downhill. Um literally and figuratively because it's a it's like a it's like another two miles downhill to the turnaround so you got to go down those two miles turn around and then up two miles Mm -hmm. (laughs) again um and then back to that same aid station so um so we you know I, i go down there i get to the turnaround before dark and i'm I don't think I made it back to the aid station before dark, but okay. I was I was close. By that point, were you kind of really considering stopping, or were you still kind of going? I don't feel great, but it, you know this is normal. No, I um sorry, I got to take these headphones off because they're dying. They're like yeah, no worries. They're they're um they're noise canceling, and they use a but the the battery is dying, and if you don't have the noise canceling on, um. They kind of, they're not great um, for for listening to, and our audio has been fine. So as long as we don't mess with the settings, we're good. Um, no, at that point, it's just like all I'm thinking about is like, what you know, what adjustments am I gonna make? How you know, what can I get to eat? Um, like, how do I how do I change things up? So. Um, and I remember I got to the aid station and I specifically took a couple extra minutes and generally, um, the strategy is to spend as little time at the aid stations as possible Mm -hmm. because walking even slowly is going to eat against your time, but being dead stopped, that really eats against your time. So you you generally just want to keep moving, um, but one thing I know is that I'm bad about eating on the move. It's something I have to improve on. So I said, I'm going to spend at least two minutes at every aid station and force myself to eat. And like, if I if I leave right at two minutes, fine. But I'm going to at least sit there mm-hmm. two minutes and get what I can. Um. So I, I can't remember what I had at that aid station. I think there was bacon. Ooh. Bacon. There were there, we there was bacon at a couple places. And, oh, I love bacon. Uh and then um and then I headed out. Um and at that point I was starting to have to pee a lot more frequently, which mm-hmm. was annoying. Um but and then I head out uh out on the trail and I you know, at this point, I have to turn my headlamp on, and um, and there's just right after dark. I you know I got kind of hit with a bit of a wave of like the mental 
Um, and I should say, um, originally I was supposed to have a pacer. Mm-hmm. Um, there were actually two people who were going to pace me. Um, the one guy was kind of always like an up in the air, like, um, it didn't sound like it was like likely, but if he could make it, that would have been awesome. Um, the other guy, um, had to bail the night before. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that kind of sucked, but he wasn't feeling, he was sick himself. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's we're hit, winter in Chicago. Everybody and their mom is getting something. Right. So it was like, I, I, I couldn't be mad at him. Um, and certainly I, I didn't DNF because I didn't have a pacer. Um, and we're going to get to that in just a couple of minutes here more, but you know, it was just on top of the list of like everything that really kind of went uh, wrong that day. <clears throat> you know, it was on there. So you're heading back in. Um, so I, I know I hit the tunnel and it's like, okay, I've got seven miles of downhill until I'm at the next aid station. And it was about the mile 43 mark that something started not feeling right. Mm-hmm. And it's a really tough thing. Like, when you're running super long distances to be able to distinguish between what, what is just, I'm hurting and I'm hurt. Right. And something just really wasn't feeling right behind my right knee and in my right hip. Very specifically. Um, are those, are those, have you hurt those places ever or, or any was, were those areas you would have kind of been keeping an eye on or they just kind of at this moment decided to let you know that they hurt? That was, it was actually a bit of a surprise. Okay. Um, because normally it's my left side like you know, where I have my, um, on and off IT band syndrome. It's my left hip that went at the dopey challenge. Um, so that to have problems on my right side was a little bit of a surprise. Okay. Um, and I, I've in, since then I've kind of been watching, um, trying to keep a little bit more eye on my form. And I got this little, um, tracker from Garmin that I put on my shorts. And okay. It, it measures kind of your balance between, both feet and it, it is showing that I do have uh, an imbalance you know everyone has an imbalance to a certain degree um, but you know I, I do wonder how much of that contributed to whatever was going on um, and I've always had or not always but ever since co- ever since I graduated college I've had this I've had poor, I've had, um, decreased range of motion in my right ankle. So I don't know. Um, but it, it started to really hurt. And so, you know, one of the things that I'd been told, <laughs> excuse me, one of the things I had been told, um, is like when you're really, when you start hurting, like 
run fast for a little bit. And sometimes like, you know, you're running at these ultra paces, which are generally fairly slow um, and are not necessarily good biomechanics. If you run fast, it kind of, you know, loosens things up. You're working the muscles a little differently. It can really help. So I tried that um, for a little bit. Um, You know, I tried walk, you know, I tried a little more walking. I tried, uh, you know, kind of just roll, trying to massage these out. Um, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing like it just kept hurting more. Um, and as that started hurting more, you know, I went, I got really mentally low and just that getting to that next aid station just was like, how am I not there yet? Like, and it just really ate at me. Finally got to the aid station. And I, by the time I got to the aid station, the thought was starting to go through my head that if I can't get moving faster, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I don't need to move fast, but I need to be able to move I need to at least be able to walk. Right. And so I left that last aid station. It's like 2.7, 2.8 miles from there to the start finish line. That took me almost an hour and a half. Okay. I just could not. I got to a point where I was basically just limping uh, along. I think my last, I was, like my last mile was like a 45 minute mile. It was, it just was not, it, it just went downhill mm-hmm. like really quickly. Um, and by the time I got to the park and I could see the lights, um, you know, that's the, the debate in my head was really starting to, uh, light up and say, you know, can, you know, can I finish? And because I was moving so slow, Mm -hmm. I couldn't maintain my body temperature anymore. Okay. Um, and I was starting to get very cold. Um, I had more layers, um, and especially getting close to the, you know, to the, to the park, um, and my drop bag, (coughs) I had a lot more in there. So I knew I could, I knew I could get bundled up. And so the the debate was, you know, if I, if I can, if I can grab my stuff, you know, maybe change my shirt, get out of, you know, and get moving again. Um, you know, if I get to the next aid station and I have to drop, okay, you know, um, then I, you know, someone will have to, I'll just have to get a ride back to, um, start finish. And, um, um, you know, that'll be that. Um, and, and so it was just, there was just this very long moment of like me debating this in my head. And it kind of came back to the conversation I had with Erica that I wouldn't do anything stupid. And I said, you know, I ultimately where I landed was I just 
I do not think I can move. Mm-hmm. I can physically move well enough to keep going. Um, and at that point, you know, because it, 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 if it was just I was cold, bundle up. Maybe I have to, to warm up for like 10, 15 minutes and I get going. Fine. But it's like, I just, I can't walk. Like I can barely move my legs. So, um, you know, I made the decision at that point that, you know, that was going to be my race. Um, and, uh, I walked up to the race director and let him know. And, uh, it, it, at Tunnel Hill, if you finish 50 miles, they consider you a 50 mile finisher. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't, I am not a huge fan of that approach. Um, but that's, you know, those are the rules of the race and it's the race director's decision. So, um, you know, if you look my, my results up, it will show Bob Henning 50 mile finisher, um, instead of hundred mile DNF. But, um, you know, it was, it was really tough to deal with in the moment because you're just asking yourself, am I just giving up, you know, or are all my concerns legitimate? Am I right Mm -hmm. that, I'm not going to overcome this today. And it's a very unique thing to have to go through. Um, uh, Especially in a society where, you know, we, I feel like we talk about all the time, how it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. But the reality is we don't treat it like it is. No. Well, uh, the idea of stopping the race that you have, trained so hard for and that we you know we started this podcast for mm-hmm. i imagine that had to be a very 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 difficult decision but i'm gonna bob i'm gonna tell you from where i'm sitting i think you made the smart decision and the right decision for somebody who has trained and and done a lot of running and really thought this through because i really think it it's unfortunately when it comes to your body and doing something like an ultra or you know the the possibility of hurting yourself to a point where now you can't do it at all right. is always there. And I mean, from where I'm sitting, you made the right decision the way I, I know that that had to be a really tough one for you. Yeah. And you know, it was, it was tough. Uh, in for about two days, I, I had a really hard time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, you know, any, I think any time, like, I sit and I really think about it, you know, I start, like, asking those questions again of, like, you know, what could I have done different? And, um, you know, and certainly I listed off, like, half a dozen things that I screwed up that were fixable things. But you you, you admitted on this podcast, like, not five minutes ago, you knew you were going to hurt. Yeah. And I, I mean... At some point when you've been running as much as you have, I think I think you do have a pretty good understanding of your body. And so if your body was kind of like, hey, uh, something's really wrong. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying you're, I wouldn't be doing the same thing, like sitting there going like, should I have just maybe tried a little harder or anything like that? But I, I do think, and I wouldn't even necessarily, 
yes, you didn't finish 100 miles, but the fact that you did it, the fact that you got to 50 miles and then trusted yourself enough to know, you know, I have to stop. I think that it, this is going to sound so corny and I'm so sorry for it. Like, Bob, it's a win in its own way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, as much as I, I, you know, I felt like shit about it for a couple of days. Um, there was no point that I regretted my decision. Like at no point did I look at it and say I gave up when I could have kept going. Like I I knew from, I knew from the next day, like with how I could, like I had trouble like just getting out of bed to come home. Um, and, and like, I was moving so poorly, like there was no way I would have finished that race. You know, maybe I would have had a moral victory of getting to the next aid station, but I would have dropped there. And I know that. And I, if I didn't drop there or I, I even just going from there to the first aid station, I might hurt myself again. Or really hurt myself. So you might have torn something. You might have put enough pressure mm-hmm. where maybe some, maybe you were about to develop a heel spur or some brand new fun thing you would yeah. have to deal with for a couple of months. Yeah. So I I don't regret it. It still really sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. Yeah. And um, you know, and, and it came. I think what what has helped me deal with it is that there was not like. It's not like that one mistake where if I just hadn't made that one mistake, I might have been able to cut get through it. No. One, there were tons of mistakes, which I expected to make mistakes in my first attempt at 100. And I've made mistakes at every race I've ever run. So I like I know I, I knew I was going to make mistakes, but it's not like, OK, there was that one and that would have eaten at me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I'd just done that one. And two. I just wasn't, I wasn't there, like, physically either. Like, from being sick, I just wasn't, I, I like, saying I wasn't 100% is, like, is true, but I wasn't even 75%, in, you know, as I was looking at it, um, you had you had a lot of little mistakes, but if I had to point a finger at anything, it would just be that your body was probably still yeah. not quite bounced back from being sick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I looked. It was interesting because I looked at my, um, I looked at the data for, um, the race, and I compared it to, you know, the race that I had done a few weeks earlier. I compared it to a twenty mile run, the twenty mile run I did in preparation before I got sick. And what I what was very obvious was how much higher my heart rate was mm-hmm. for the same level of effort. Okay. Now at the start of the race, you can account for that with like race jitters and like just being anxious. But um, by the time you know you're you're past that first hour, like and you've calmed down, you could still see in my heart rate how much higher it was um, than it it normally would, and I'm comparing that to a race that was like 
30, 40 degrees warmer than what I was racing in. Like, if I had, you know, I should have been, I should not have been in that physical state. Um, the, you know, if, if there's anything, you know, I learned from this race more than anything is like, if I'm ever going to go out and make an attempt at a hundred miles or, you know, even shit, 50 miles. And I was sick a week and a half before it's off the table. I got to scrub it because I'm not going to be able to, um, I'm not going to be able to be recovered. Well, unfortunately, the only tool you've got for a race is your body. And if, yeah. you know, a, if a flu has run, you know, run roughshod over yeah. you, you're you're just not in a good position for it. Yeah. So do are you going to try this again next year, do you think? Like, like what, do, what are your thoughts? What's, what's ahead of the game? Like, now we're kind of... You, We've come through the hundred miles. Didn't quite work out the way you wanted to. Like, what's your what's your plan going forward? So, can you specify what you mean by this? Am I going to try this? Are you going to try Tunnel Hill again? Okay. Um. No. Okay. And um, it's interesting why. How come? Um, Lay it on me. It's not because of the race course. It's not because of the people. Mm-hmm. The course is really nice. It's a beautiful trail in Southern Illinois. Um, the race management was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cool crowd. It you know it draws elites to the race. Yeah, and it's cool to see elites run. I mean, I was there. You know, when I was uh, stumbling across the finish line, like at, right before, right after. It was either right before, or right after. I like, I, I, I went to talk to the race director. The winner of the race came through. Oh my God. Yeah. It gives you a <laughs> nice. sense, right? Nice. Um, and, uh, so like, you know, it's really, it's really a cool, great, it's a great race. The reason I do not plan to do it again next year is because I do not want to bet a hundred mile race on flu season again yeah the winter it's so strange i was all set up a couple years ago to do like i think it was like a santa shuffle or something in december with a friend and a blizzard hit and that kind of made me go like all right no more races in december and then i did a turkey trot in november it was so cold i think i almost got frostbite on my fingers yeah. and i went like you know what no more races in november and i i actually put the cutoff in like october cuz it's just not worth it between the weather and you're right getting sick and i, I there's just something about the i hate being cold as well and yeah this is just it's a rough season especially See, if you're going as far as you were trying to go i feel like that is just a conversation of gear. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But I, I, I don't like feeling bulky while I'm running. That's fair. And I, there's just something about trying to keep myself all bundled up that I'm constantly adjusting something, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> so Bob is looking at me right now with like, that's also still just a question of gear, Sass. Like we gotta, we gotta hit Dick Pond. We can make this happen. Hey, have you heard of Arcteryx? <laughs> I have not. Uh-huh. <laughs> how, uh, All right, Bob. I'll how you, much I'll, credit do you have? 
All right, I will tell you what. The next time I think about doing a cold race, I will call you and I'll be like, all right, Bob, we're doing it. Tell me what I should buy. Do the frozen gnome. <laughs> what is the frozen gnome? <laughs> it's a it's a 10K or a 50K. All right. And it's uh, that Earth Day 50K I did. Yeah. Um, It's more or less the same course, um, but in January. Hmm. And uh, there's a there's a there's a hill that you got to use a rope to pull or go up or down. Okay, that actually sounds really cool. Though. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll show you stuff awesome. about <laughs> the the frozen gnome. Um, Michelle Hartwig runs it, and or, with Ornery Mule Racing, Aww. and it's uh, I'm actually sad I'm not going to be able to race it because um, the next race on my calendar is the same weekend. Is that the one in Minnesota? It is. Okay. So next on my list is the Saint Croix Forty. Um, with which is run by a uh, acquaintance on the Ten Junk Miles Slack, uh, Jameson Swift and uh, his wife, and I'm so looking forward to this race. I'm looking forward for you to do this race just so that I can like tell people you're doing it and look at the horror that crosses their face and then talk to you about it later. So I can be like, tell me every detail about this. Did you hallucinate at any point? Did you see God? Like, go forward. <laughs> Did the White Witch show up and offer you Turkish Delight? I want all the information. When we're done recording, I will give you a quick sneak peek of the gear. Please show me. That I'm, I'm going to need to see this. It, it, I mean, because um, it's, it's just ridiculous. Because for anyone who doesn't, if we haven't talked about it on the show yet, um, <clears throat> or you just don't know at all, um, the St. Croix 40 is a 40-mile winter ultra um, it, outside of uh, Minneapolis and St. Croix State Park. Um, it's run on largely snowmobile trails uh, overnight. And the, the deal with the race is it's basically an intro to winter ultras. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are, are, there's not a ton of winter ultras, but there's more. But they're generally a lot longer. They're generally longer. Um, you know, whereas most ultra marathons start at 50 K most winter ultras are a lot generally longer. Like, um, the next logical step up from St. Croix would be the Tuscobia 80, Mm. which is in Wisconsin. Um, then there's also the Tuscobia 160. Oh my God. Uh, which is Tuscobia out and back. Um, then there's also the Arrowhead 135, okay, uh, which is arguably the toughest race in the lower 48, okay, um, because it's in International Falls, which is the oh. coldest place in the lower 48. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it regularly will hit minus 40. Um, I truly love that as uh, just a species, we looked at like the coldest place oh, sorry, in the yeah. United States and just went like, you know what we could do? Run through this yes. and just see who survives. And we shall crown him the Winter King. So, <laughs> um, they, so, but people do these on foot, on bike, or on okay. skis. Okay. But there's this long list of required gear you got to take mm-hmm. to make sure you can survive if things go south. They tend to like that. Um, and so this has been, I, you know, I actually had a lot of it, but there are some things I had to, to pick up, um, including a stove that will operate down to minus 40. Hmm. Um, 
so uh so yeah so that's next um right now in december uh i'm just trying to hit my my mileage goal for the year i wanted to do run the year so i want to run 2022 miles in 2022 okay um i'm cutting it very close fair enough i should have been no problem but i had also planned to run about I mean, 70 miles more in November than I did. (laughs) So, um, we're doing a thing with the 10 junk miles slack. We got like 15 of us together who are just, we said, we kind of came up with this thing where at the beginning of December, we said how many miles we wanted to get to by the end of the year. And we decided that if however many miles you have left on New Year's Eve, that's how many hours you run that day. Dear God. So, <laughs> so some. Be- I can't say I don't like this idea though. Start, it's, the, it's start the new year it's with a with, with a goal with an you, ultra with right? an ultra. Why not? So we're we're gonna see. I I'm I would love to like do that day and do like a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to end up running like 40 miles because I just I'm not getting my mileage right now, but um. So th- so that's up through um, December or j- through January. Um, for the start of the new year, after St. Croix, and I can't wait to talk about that race after the fact, but um, after St. Croix, I'm going to do – I'm either going to do an eight-week 5K program mm-hmm. or a 12 – or like a 12 – 10 to 12-week half marathon program. I haven't decided which. I guess I, I want to look for a race, but what I want to work on is – uh, improving my running economy because mm-hmm. one of the things that I think I really need to work on is making my easy runs or bringing down the pace of my easy runs mm-hmm. and that'll really help me at finishing a hundred you know even though I'm not going to run very fast for the hundred if like I can run 11 minute mile and it feels really easy mm-hmm. and I can do that and then walk or power hike and like keep my average pace under 15 minute miles for a hundred miles. That's great. Um, so that's something that I'm, I'm going to work on. Um, and then as soon as I'm done with that, I'm going to go into a hundred mile program. Okay. So, you know, every- where, where is, so you do want to run a hundred miles. Yes. Do you have a race you're looking forward to? That's just further in the year or is that like a 2024 thing what are you what are you looking at oh no i'm already registered you're already do- okay you're in you're yes. already you're going for it yes <laughs> you're like sass the planning i have the whiteboards that have been filled you don't know well it was it was interesting because one we you know eric and i had talked about it this year i raced I, I had too many big races and i fully acknowledge and admit that um, I should have calmed down a little bit. Mm. <laughs> uh, now, that's not why I didn't finish Tunnel Hill. We just went through all those reasons. Um, but it, it, it's it's taxing on everyone. It's it's hard for Erica. It's hard, um, you know, with work-life balance. And, and every, you know, and it's like I, I haven't had any life outside of running. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's fine. But, you know, occasionally it's nice to see people. I mean, I guess if you want other activities in your life, yeah. that could be something you want to look you know, into. Catching up on TV. Uh, yeah, TV's pretty nice. Although I did just get a tablet that I can take to the gym and Ooh. put on the treadmill so I can catch up on stuff. I'm terrible with TV, but I always like music or podcasts. Yeah. Those are nice. Um, 
You should listen to Trail Society. Trail Society. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is a, it, you know, it's a tra- trail runner podcast. It's three women. Hmm. So it's, it's um, I just listened to um, uh, 10 Junk Miles just interviewed one of the hosts, Kareen Malcolm. Um, and uh, I'm meaning to check out their podcast. I thought she was very interesting. Trail Runner Society or Nation? Uh, Trail Society. Trail Society. Okay. Yeah. They're part of Free Trail. Um, there they are. Yep. Give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Will do. Um, Followed. So I said, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do three goal races next year. Mm-hmm. And the deal with the goal race is that like, not only is it like, I'm, I'm just shooting for it, but typically kind of like, okay, it can be like a trip or like th- there's more to it. You know, I'll probably do some like, other races locally that you know um like i'm gonna do that 5k i'm gonna do sure. plan i want to do a fight um but they're not going to be big productions they're not going to be like we're moving things out of the way or like planning Bob, our if you lives. do a 5k i will totally do a 5k with you well okay i'm gonna hold you to that you gotta hold me I'm to gonna, it now <laughs> i'm gonna find that 5k um so the um the the other race and I'll get to the 100. The race that I'm going to do in the fall, I decided I don't want to do the Chicago Marathon again this year. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm going to put in for the New York City Marathon. I am almost certainly not going to get in. Okay. Um, but I, I, I'm I, going to put in for it. When I inevitably don't get in, uh, I am going to run the Door County Fall 50. Okay. Um, which I really am like excited to do. Um, and uh, so you might ask, well, why don't you just do that? If that's the one you're excited to do it's if I get into New York, I'm going to New York. Well, clearly. Right. Like and, and You can't get into the New York one and not do it. Right. And, and they're too close together for me to like be recovered. Cause like, if I'm going to go run New York, I want to go and run and go for as, as well as I can do. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, I'm not a. I know there are some people out there who don't mind running marathons as tourists, but I'm like, no, I'm gonna run a marathon. I'm going, I'm going hard. Right. Um. So, um, but I do. I am really excited for the Door County Fall 50. So, um, you know, if if New York falls through, I'm not gonna be upset in the least. So that comes back to the hundred, and, um. Eric and I, I, you know, I pulled up a list of the hundreds in mm-hmm. the U.S. I think there's like 150 of them or something like that. Um, and once you start like filtering the list down of like, okay, where are races I could conceivably get to and that don't conflict with other things on the calendar that are within my ability to do, like, I can't go do the URA hundred oh, yeah. and climb 50,000 feet in a hundred miles. So once I whittled it down, there really weren't many options. There's one in Texas called Rocky raccoon. <laughs> um, oh God. I hope there's merch. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure there is. Um, that was an option. I can't remember what, like the other two or three were, but there was one other one that I wanted to do anyways, but was never really an option. 
Okay. Because it conflicts with Erica's birthday. Okay. So, but, you know, I kind of like said, this is the list. This is, these are the ones I could do. And we talked it over and uh, Erica said, you're going to owe me big time. <laughs> okay. Okay. But this one's close. You know the people. Um, They're going to be super supportive. You're going to have better odds of getting someone to crew you. Your odds of success are, this is your best chance to actually finish. And so, um, uh, I will be running the Badger 100 next year. Ooh. So that's at the end of July. Okay. That's up in Wisconsin, right? In Wisconsin. Belleville, Wisconsin. I feel like I've. I feel like I was driving down the highway once and I was coming home from something in Wisconsin and I looked to my right and I just saw all of these like runners gathering and I was like, what is going on? I think that was them. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? But no, no, I've heard, I've heard of that race. I've heard it's a really good one. I think that's a good choice. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, and like I said, I know a lot of people are going to be running it. Um, and it's one of the um, Tenjuk Miles races. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I ran. They did the Last Thought Standing that I ran. I, they did the Sugar Badger that I ran. Um, so it's just it's a course I know. It's a crowd of people I like. Uh, it's close. So um, and the, when is it again? What month? The end of July. End of July. So it's okay. going to be hot. But there is a thirty-six hour cutoff. Okay. So you have there is more than enough time to finish it. Um, it it's more, you know, just a mental game. Yeah, like uh, you know, you can walk it if you want. Sure, if you're crazy. Like, I mean, <laughs> but you know, if that's what you need to finish, always an option. There's by because they have a generous cutoff. It's like okay, you got a chance. You like yeah, you know, you can come and do it. So. They want people to finish it. Well, and that's what I love so much about it is like you know they they do they want you out there. They want people to get involved in the sport. Like they're not trying to be this race that draws elite search or trying to get people who just need a qualifier for a higher tier event. Like they want people involved in the sport. And I really appreciate that mm-hmm. um, about them. And so I really wanted my first hundred to be that race. Um, it just wasn't going to work. Okay. Um, but you know, when we, you know, it was just one of those things. Once we looked at it, we're like, you know, it's, uh, there's not a ton of options, um, that, that are, that are going to work. Well, for something this big, you do kind of want something close to home. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just easier to kind of, you know, yeah. wrangle. So. Okay. Uh, All right. Bob, I mean, Look, take this for whatever it is, but I'm super proud of you for stopping when you needed to, and I also think it's very cool that you're you still got this goal in your head that you're gonna do it again. Because like we just said, like yeah, everybody tells us it's okay to like not necessarily not fail. Fail is not the right word, but like not really hit the goal that you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is what I think the important part is: just kind of figuring out like what can I do to make this work the next time. Yeah, and. This is a tangent we can go down for like another hour, but we're already going long and oh, it's getting yeah. late. <laughs> it's getting but late. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's an interesting point, though, is like we also as a society, we have this like weird aversion to the word failure. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's I think we have trouble as people saying we failed at something without associate without like say, like making the 
logical leap that I failed at something, I'm a failure. Well, I mean, a second ago, I didn't use the word failure failure, because in my head I was like, well, I don't want to hurt Bob's feelings. I don't want him to think like that I, you know, thought he didn't make the right decision. So no, that's that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I failed at achieving my goal. Okay. And I'm perfectly content with that. And I've had people who have been like, don't say that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't fail. It's like, no, I did. Okay. I still did something awesome. Oh, yeah. Don't, like... Oh, yeah, completely. Like... Bobby, you ran 50 miles. Very few people around us can be like, oh, 50 miles, not a big deal. You know, it's it's like, I still did something awesome. I learned a lot. There are definitely good things to come out of it, but I'm not going to spin it as a success. I did fail. and But that is motivation for me to go out and actually... The next time, finish the race, do what I need to do, fix this muscle imbalance, plan better, fix the logistics, and you know what? I If I get mysteriously sick in July, which never, <laughs> like, it's never happened until 2023, right? Like, I just need, I know, okay, I'm going to have to try some, some other time. Mm-hmm. But, um... So yeah, I'm looking for. I think 2023 is going to be great. My my race calendar is much chiller. I do want to volunteer more. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed volunteering at Dots. Um, so yeah. All right. And you've been running. I have been. Thank God, I'm back. I'm back in the game. Um, I've been. I'm usually kind of allergic to a treadmill, but I make myself do them in the winter. Um, just because there's there's not a lot of indoor tracks around me that I like that I don't also feel like I'm going to run down all the power walkers. And I feel kind of bad about that too. But I, so I'm at a gym. They've got some like really nice treadmills that take a lot of the kind of the cushioning for my knees. Nice. I love it. I I was doing orange theory for a while, but like at the end of the day, like I just missed the running too much. Like the weights were nice, but I was like, I'll just do that on my own. And then I'll just run whatever I want. So I'm, I'm very excited. I will do a 5k with you. I promise. Yes. We're going to find a 5K for We're the spring. do it. <gasps> spring 5K. Spring 5K. <laughs> and we're going to get that like lovely spring day. Not Beautiful. like minus 20. Nope, like not, no rain. Mysteriously 80. If it like, is rain, it's like a beautiful like misty kind of warm. You're like, oh, it's just keeping me cool as I run. This is great. Exactly. Perfect. This is going to be a great race. It's going to be amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I will not throw up, but it's going to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously we, that this podcast was going to be dominated by, by Tunnel Hill. Um, and, you know, we, we had talked about before, like what was going to be the, the, the future of this podcast. And, um, you know, kind of my, my entire thought was it was going to go maybe one, two, maybe three episodes after my hundred to kind of just what's happened after and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, um, you know, I've still got to run a hundred. So, uh, we'll continue this on until then at least. Um, and, um, you know, check in periodically. I'm sure our five listeners are thrilled. <laughs> 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 well, and you know, I'm I am excited to hear right? like in um I you know, I and and I've always maintained like I think this is going to have a lot more impact as a finished set sure. after the fact 
um, and, and I'll be able to push it a lot more, but the, I do know there are some folks who listen and I really appreciate them and it's great getting comments. So we appreciate your, you're taking the time to listen to our voices. <laughs> very much so. Um, and, uh, and man, I, if I ever kill the ums, like I've been, ah! I've been podcasting for six years now, I think. And my, I'm just ums all the time i always think like i i'm i'm an active listener so sometimes while we're talking i'm just going like don't actively listen don't right now know. what are you doing <laughs> um so there's the um again um there's uh so thank you for listening uh we have uh new episodes of subtle interference we're kind of back on a regular schedule ish and uh so keep an eye out for those on the team puma knife network and uh thank you have a great day have a great day